Welcome to the Kentucky Conservation Conversation, an outreach of the Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District. Find out more about us at jeffcd.org, including the schedule of our monthly meetings and events, which are open to the public. Welcome back, everyone, to our now third episode in our water series. Today, we talked to some truly remarkable women from a company called Greeley & Hansen. They, man, I gotta tell you, I was totally nerding out the whole time. These ladies are super smart and passionate about what they do, which has helped improve water quality, and I cannot wait for you to hear from them. Hi, my name is Kristen Comer. I'm an associate with Greeley and Hansen. I've been in the water uh, industry for approaching 20 years. Uh, when I went to school to be an engineer, I had no idea how rewarding this job would be. Uh, I get to help better the environment every day. Hi, I'm Maipoli Das. I'm a civil engineer with Greeley and Hansen. I started working at this firm um, after graduating from Purdue roughly five years ago. And similar to Kristen, uh, I didn't think I would enjoy working in this industry this much. Um, so much so that I went back and got my master's degree in water resources engineering a couple years ago. And I think the best part about the wastewater and water industry is definitely the people. People um, working together towards a common goal, um, which is preserving and protecting, I think, the world's most precious resource, which is water. Thank you, ladies. Uh, will you tell us a little bit more about your company, Greeley & Hansen? Greeley & Hansen is a global leader in developing innovative engineering and management solutions for a wide array of complex water, wastewater, and related infrastructure challenges. We've been around for over 100 years, so since 1914, our sole business focus has been to work and focus on close partnerships with water and wastewater utilities to deliver sustainable projects solutions to meet the needs and communities we serve. We collaborate with utilities and industry partners to design better urban environments that improve public health, safety, and the overall quality of life for area residents. Over our long history, Greeley & Hansen has worked in partnership with utilities on thousands of major design projects and comprehensive programs. For every project, we take a hands-on approach in addressing each individual client challenge while engineering optimal solutions with a focus on community and environmental considerations. So then how did we really get engaged with Louisville MSD? So as most people know, Louisville MSD is working really hard to provide safe and clean waterways for your community. And we are helping them um, by working on a rehabilitation project at the, one of their water quality treatment centers. In working with Louisville MSD, we became engaged with their fa fantastic community benefits program. MSD's community benefits program leverages economic, environmental, and social impacts through the work they do to ensure ratepayers benefit from their capital programs. So in working with MSD's community benefits program, that's how we uh, got connected with with you at the Soil and Water Conservation District. What are the current sources of pollution on the consumer level? And I think this answer, to answer specifically would take too long. So really in general, um, there are many, many sources of water pollution as we know. And a lot of these sources are caused by humans as we also know, but not all of them are caused by humans. So some of the human caused pollution sources are combined sewer overflows, which Kristen and I work at our firm to, to uh, fix. 
And also we have dirt, grease, bacteria that washes off roadways into our storm sewers and um, also not picking up pet waste could be one of them on a consumer level. Um, there's also naturally caused water pollution sources just from wildlife. So those are just in very broad terms, those are a couple of examples. What are the risks of long-term water pollution to citizens and what factors put certain demographics at a higher risk than others to suffer the effects of poor water quality? We, we know the risk and we see the results of it, unfortunately. Historically, marginalized communities disproportionately bear the weight of the environmental challenges associated with water quality, climate change, flooding, aging infrastructure, and combined sewers. There's communities in the U.S. that that are without proper drinking water and sanitation infrastructure. Communities like Flint to areas in the South and the indigenous communities. The water industry calls this water equity. So according to US Water Alliance, water equity is referred to as just and fair inclusion, a condition in which everyone has an opportunity to participate and prosper. Water equity occurs when all communities have safe, clean, and affordable drinking water and wastewater services and are, are resilient against floods, droughts, other community risk, and have a role in the decision-making process related to water management, their communities, and share in the economic, social, and environmental benefits of the water system. Outcomes of lack of infrastructure investment result in unleveled, disproportionate playing field to achieve a quality of life such as health, housing, food, jobs, and it transcends, unfortunately, generations. So race is one, if not, but is not the primary factor along with income and class. This manifests itself through systematic injustice and oppression in planning and policy. So then if you really think about it, we're talking about environmental injustice. And environmental justice is about the community being able to reclaim its power uh, at the forefront. And it's not just the quality of air, water, or food. If you look at it even further, it's creating a green future, honoring front-running communities, creating quality jobs, and fighting climate change, and fixing our infrastructure. I love that. I love talking about um, how many different faces pushing towards equity has. Um, I feel very, uh, let's say, ill-equipped in some ways to pursue equality, but when it comes to environmental, the environmental effects of pollution on marginalized communities, I think that we just can't say enough. Um, within the water sector, it's important for us to be aware of the intersection of our various water systems like drinking water, wastewater, stormwater, green and climate resiliency infrastructure. What does this mean for you all at Greeley and Hampton? The criticality of our most precious resource, water, and the need to sustain its source is required for our health, our safety, and our, our economy. Over the last hundred years, water has been put into separate silos. So you talk about it from a drinking water perspective or a wastewater perspective or stormwater perspective. And this approach to our existing systems will not continue to serve us as we meet the 21st century. Additionally, we are not only the only ones affecting our waters, the waters of our community. The waters we use daily are affected by other factors such as industry and agriculture. So one way to really look at this um, is called One Water. 
And the warm water concept is being championed by an organization that uh, I mentioned earlier, the U.S. Water Alliance. So one water is a perspective that views water as a whole. It looks at wastewater, stormwater, drinking water, and all our streams and rivers and manages them in a sustainable, inclusive, and integrated way by focusing on thriving local communities, vibrant communities, and healthy ecosystems. So a couple examples could be, you know, um, including municipal and agricultural interests coming together. Uh, in Iowa to reduce nutrient over, nutrient runoff to a river. Or, you know, another example would be bringing jobs to economically challenged communities affected by municipal construction. Um, and Louisville's actually done a, a fabulous job of, of this in, um, in looking at the one water approach. Yeah, one thing that we're really trying to get folks to understand at the conservation district is that we're all part of the same ecosystem. It's easy to compartmentalize behaviors um, and it's not, it might be easy to not think about other parts of the ecosystem or if you live in a place where there's not a lot of trees to think about how trees are affecting you, but it's an intrinsic uh, impact, which means that whether we are thinking about it and actively participating in those systems or not, we're still having an impact. We can't opt out of it because everything is so connected. So yeah, totally. The one water thing is just amazing to me. Um, so let's talk about community engagement since we're talking about how everything is all connected. Um, what do you, why do you believe it is important for companies like Greeley and Hanson to support environmental and conservation work in the particular organizations in the community that promote this? In other words, like why do you take your uh, responsibility to support these efforts so seriously? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think that's one that resonates with Kristen and I. Um, and in really simple terms, I think, the answer to that is because we feel like we can, because we feel a responsibility to do so, and we're the ones that can actually make an impact. Um, but to go into more detail, I think the guiding principles that motivate our firm, Greeley and Hanson's partnerships with other organizations like the Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District, um, those are really anchored into our overarching mission. And as an engineering firm that's focused in the water sector, at the core of our mission, that's to design better urban environments. Um, that's what we do. So of course, our company achieves that in our engineering design and our architectural designs um, that we do, but we feel like we have to go an extra step and we feel like carrying out our mission to design better urban environments is also manifested in partnering with organizations um, such as Soil and Water Conservation District um, and also supporting their programs is a huge part of that. So really Hansen, has a long-standing tradition of having a deep commitment to the community um, and that means investing in organizations that promote the environment, promote economic development, diversity, public health, safety, um, and those are all very essential in helping and enriching the lives of people every day. Can you tell us some other ways that Greeley and Hinson delivers on this commitment to community engagement? We deliver uh, on, its com on community engagement and investment in a few key ways through our partnerships with nonprofit organizations, nonprofit boards and services, employee volunteer programs, and gra grassroots volunteerism activities. Of course, we partner with and invest in organizations that support our industry, but we, are, but we equally are committed to supporting organizations that focus on being good stewards of the environment, as well as organizations that we believe are aligned with our goals 
of helping and enriching the lives of people in the communities that we serve, which is also the areas where we live and work. For example, Greenland Hansen supports various programs that focus on providing education and training opportunities like Kentuckiana Builds training program offered by Louisville Urban League, and it also helps train um, unemployed individuals to find good paying jobs in construction related trades. Some of the environmental focused organizations we support include the Chicago Botanical Gardens, specifically related to the work they're doing around science and food shortage disparities in local neighborhoods like Farm on Ogden. And we've been longtime supporter of American in Bloom, and they work, they work through their urban beautification program that help build a sense of pride and participation in communities across the country. Yeah, I think on a more personal level is what I can speak to. And um, I'm happy to share some of my volunteering experiences with organizations that share similar goals and visions as my employer, Greenland Hanson. Um, so I started working or volunteering for Keep Annapolis Beautiful or KIB in 2015, um, right around the same time I started working at Greeley & Hansen um, when I moved to Indianapolis. So KIB is an environmental and community nonprofit with a mission to help people and nature thrive. Uh, they were for founded roughly 40 years ago and they're an affiliate of Keep America Beautiful Incorporated, which is a, you may know, um, a national organization that's dedicated to preserving the natural beauty and environment in many communities around the country. Um, so just this past summer, I was nominated to be on the board of directors of Keep Annapolis Beautiful. And I think with that new perspective, I'm starting to realize more and more that there's a lot of overlap in my professional work at Greenland Hansen, um, but also my volunteer work with KIB. It's all about creating better environments or helping nature thrive. It's the same theme that you see in in both my lives, so to speak. Um, so in October of 2016, uh, the city of Indianapolis and Citizens Energy Group, which is a energy and water and wastewater service provider in Indianapolis, um, they partnered up with KIB and signed what we call the 10,000 Trees Initiative, uh, which is basically a commitment to plant 10,000 trees by the year 2025. Um, and this initiative is one that Kristen and I co-workers have wholeheartedly supported. Um, obviously this year is not typical at all, <laughs> um, but usually we uh, as an office participate in tree planting efforts and um, litter cleanups, but um, with KIB and Citizens Energy Group um, every season or tree planting season, which is spring and the fall. Um, and I think again, this goes back to that overlap I was talking about. Having people that you work with with a shared goal of helping create a better environment. Um, trees, obviously, we know not only help with urban heat island effect and greenhouse gas emissions, um, but also as wastewater engineers like Kristen and I, we see the benefit of, of having trees and plants and rain gardens and all of the sort in uh, helping reduce impacts of combined sewer overflows in our communities. And some of our communities are already um, at capacity with their infrastructure. So this is where we can really make an impact. So I'm noticing that my favorite part about working for this firm is not only to design and build an engineering system that works, but also to go the extra mile and leave that space, that community as clean, green, and beautiful as possible. So of course it helps if you work with people that share that similar passion for the environment like we talked about. Um, and I think Kristen and I do 
we work at Greenlee Hansen's Indianapolis office. Um, not to say that the other offices don't do this, they also do, but specifically speaking about our office, uh, we try to give back by participating in river cleanups, tree planting efforts, like I said, um, around the city multiple times a year. And uh, funny timing, actually, later today, a few of us are going to pick up litter along the White River, which is in um, just all across Indy, but in downtown Indianapolis is where we're going to pick up some litter later today. Um, and we're going back to the spot that we were in early September. Um, we noticed there was just a lot of trash accumulated on the riverbanks and we just couldn't pick up all of it in one day. So we decided to partner up with Keep Indy Beautiful and we're gonna go out there later today to collect some trash and just do a little bit more to protect um, the river and improve water quality in our city. Can we talk a little more specifically about how your work in Louisville uh, got you connected with the Soil and Water Conservation District? So we, I mentioned earlier, um, we got connected through the Community Benefits Program. And uh, when we started looking at um, organizations that we wanted to support, uh, Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District kind of came top of the list. It was it was a really easy uh, choice for us to to go um, start conversations with you because you guys have the same goals as we do is is really improving these better urban environments and your you know your pollinator program uh, is just one way that we can we are seeing that you're doing that and it's it's got so many you know advantages or benefits to it. Um, it's 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 reducing CSO overflows by creating these these parks, and then it's also you know improving the ecosystem by um, the plantings that you're doing. I am so happy to finally be able to talk about our pollinator project to the public. This is actually the first time that we're officially mentioning it. Um, we're far enough down the road of progress. Uh, I actually got our estimate for our plant order tomorrow, so like it's really going to happen. I'm so pumped. Um, for those of you in Louisville, in the Beachmont neighborhood, we are looking at a property that is owned by MSD because of its position in terms of what infrastructure is beneath it. Um, to use that space that is currently just sort of an empty lot to create what we're calling a life cycle garden. Uh, the Jefferson County Master Gardeners have worked with a beautiful schematic for us and given us a list of exclusively native plants that will not only uh, support pollinators when they're you know, migrating or feeding, but really throughout their entire life cycle from laying eggs to you know, going through their various stages. And I was so, I literally danced when I heard that you guys were coming on to the project because it, it's been one of those years where like, I have all of these great ideas, but how are we gonna put legs to this? And you guys came along at just the right time to make that a reality and so pleased. It's actually a project that uh, working with the Master Gardeners, we have designed the space to be used for education. There are several schools within walking distance of the spot and there's even a daycare close by. And because transportation costs for schools are so high, teachers are really hesitant. They might wanna go any number of places, but they're really, really hesitant to uh, you know, schedule a lot of field trips because the transportation costs are preventative. And so having a space where our science teachers could walk to from their school, they don't need to have, 
you know, a, a ton of uh, work ahead of time to make it happen. They can come over and they can come over throughout the season and really experience what these creatures are doing and the impact they're having. Um, we're also going to um, further raise funds and awareness by allowing any businesses in the neighborhood who want to uh, sponsor a pollinator, uh, a native pollinator nest box, and we'll put their name on the side of it. Um, we have places designated for those within the schematic to put them so folks will see your name, but they'll also provide even more habitat for people and a place to, to kind of focus attention and watch and say, oh, okay, like how many species are going in and out of here? What's going on? Uh, these small spaces like this, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Louisville Nature Center at all here in Louisville. Uh, they're great. Uh, Rebecca Minnick is their director and the Master Gardeners have been involved in their sensory garden, which is an amazing place to walk through if you're ever in Louisville, no matter what the season, go there. They've done amazing work. But that small space, very small, less than a city block by far, has the greatest diversity of pollinators in the city. So not the greatest numbers, but the greatest diversity. So there's the capacity for small spaces to support a huge and surprising amount of life. And the more continuous habitat we can create for them, the better. Our native pollinators are better at pollinating things like tomatoes than honeybees are. And I love honeybees, don't get me wrong, but our native species are literally on a different frequency when it comes to the amount of pollinating they're able to do. And they also support the food chain moving on up. So it's really a wonderful foundation that you guys have helped us lay and I'm very thankful for your involvement. Just going off of the education aspect on that, um, it's so, so important for residents and community members to realize the importance of pollinators and how vital they are to an urban ecosystem, especially like Louisville, like Indianapolis. Um, to start getting kids and adults to observe and connect with their environment is huge at the, where we are today and living in a city. Um, so we've talked about keeping Indianapolis beautiful a little bit earlier. So I just thought um, this would interest you and I'll share their KIVs program, um, which is their annual pollinator count. So, and it's solely focused on education, um, which is why I think it's just interesting to hear about your pollinator project because there's so much overlap. Um, and I think we're moving away from the traditional awareness where everyone loves monarch butterflies, right? That's not the question anymore, but I think educating everyone about the fact that the monarch caterpillars only feed on native swamp milkweed and why we need native plants um, is really important. So if we don't have milkweed, we essentially don't have monarchs. So um, I think the education aspect of it is, is huge. And I think through your pollinator project, like you just described, um, you're gonna achieve a lot of success. So thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you all for being a part of it. So let's connect some of these ideas. We've talked about ecosystems. We've talked about um, corporate community engagement. Can we tie these ideas together to create a whole picture for how Greeley Hansen operates? So I think we've talked about a lot of things today. We've, you know, we've talked about bettering urban environments. We've talked about um, water equity. We've talked about um, creating these, these pollinator parks and education. And really, you know, all those things together is, is what we're all working for. We're all, we're working to improve and benefit the communities that we live and work in. And so through, you know, these partnerships with the Soil and Water Conservation District, 
you know, we, we believe this project can improve equity um, by giving communities a space to um, have education and create these improved ecosystems as well as uh, improve the water quality because now we've got a, a space that um, when we have rain, you know, a rain event, we'll be able to better treat through this park um, the stormwater. Uh, and so it's we're we're really thrilled to be a part of this, and uh, we can't we can't wait to see it grow and develop and you know even expand from where you are today. Thank you. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to ask about. I have a ton of questions for both of you, but they're like on a professional level. None of them actually relate to this podcast because I'm like fascinated. Uh, by engineers because my brain does not work that way. I have an English degree and uh, like write a lot of fiction and do a lot of other things but like engineering is one of those things where I'm like tell me everything. This seems like a wonderful story. Um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to mention or say? I have a question and you can take a stab at it and if it doesn't work that's totally fine. Um, if there are companies in Louisville or anywhere who folks are listening to this podcast who want to figure out how to improve their engagement in this kind of work, what are some, some research or some, some paths that you would recommend they start down to help learn how to do that? I'm sure this isn't easy and it's not easy to think about more than just your bottom line, right? It takes a lot of effort. Um, so if there are people who want to start getting engaged with this, whether it's like a small business or whatever, do you have any ideas for them to get started on that? So I think, again, on a personal level, um, if you're passionate about a cause, what I did when I moved to Indy was I started working with Greeley Hansen. I knew I was going to be a water and wastewater engineer. Um, again, because I'm drawn to those topics, I think. I'm, I'm drawn to engineering. I'm drawn to water. And for me, it was, and it sounds silly, but I Googled, what are some nonprofits around me? And um, what, are, what are their missions? What are their goals? Do they align with mine? And I found Keep Indianapolis Beautiful. I found uh, Friends of the White River, which is another nonprofit in Indy that helps to protect the White River. So I'm sure Louisville has you know, the Ohio River Protection Agencies, nonprofits locally that um, serve to protect not only the environment, but the water resources and, and communities in general. And I think finding an organization like that, that resonates with the organization you work for, in my case, is really important because you can't just think about the single line impacts anymore. I think looking at it from a triple bottom approach is becoming more and more important. And for people like us and the authority that we have as engineers, as designers, as social workers, I think we're the ones that have the power and the the capacity to make that sort of an impact. So I think it's more and more important for people like Kristen and me and, and, the, and the companies we work for and the communities we work in that we get engaged and collaborate with these nonprofits and these agencies that have goals that are more than just themselves, but goals that align with that triple bottom approach. There is a um, Sufi mystic poet called Rumi who I'm going to butcher this and I'm so sorry everybody but he basically says like if you can't find a place to get in just make a place to get in and let the light in so no one's asking us to be perfect at this I mean you guys should be perfect because you're doing a lot of important things but like for 
um, the people in our communities that are trying to just find a place where they fit in this story, just, just step in. You don't have to get it right the first time. You don't have to do everything perfect on your property in terms of collecting wastewater, but we just have to all do one thing and start on that path. And we're gonna get a lot further when we start losing our hesitancy and our anxiety about it and just step in. Uh, and that's why the Conservation District exists. We exist to bring these resources to you and to provide the support for the community to make a difference for all of us. I would like to thank the ladies from Greenland Henson once again for coming and talking to us and for their involvement in our pollinator project. Um, it takes a lot for a company of that size to really want to step in. It's easy to maintain an anonymous presence if we want to, but corporations who really want to step in and make a difference are important to our goals here. Everyone, don't forget our monthly meetings. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, really do come to those public meetings, you guys. We want to hear from you what your concerns are, what your ideas are for the community. We can't do this work on our own. We need you to come and be with us, so don't forget to join us. We'll talk to you soon.